as I come to the word today, I talk about this bell ringing as a reminder to you and I that our time on this earth is short, no matter how long it is. And so we are to make the most of the time that we have. That's what this very purpose series has been all about. It is for this very purpose that you and I were born, to live our lives according to the call of God. Ring, ring, ring. Who is that bell for? It's for you. You have a call. Will you answer it? On our phones these days, and this is what my phone screen looks like, you have the option. You can accept, or you can decline. Every day, God's placing a call in the Holy Spirit to you. And every day is an opportunity to accept or decline. Every day that we leave the Bible shut or closed on our phone is a day that we are declining the voice of God into our heart and our life, our troubles, our needs, our confusion right now. We're, we're declining that call. Missed call. Say that phrase, will you? Missed call. You don't want to come before the throne of heaven when the bell rings for you, when life here comes to its sunset and the kingdom of heaven is standing in front of you and you before it and before God and God says to you, you missed your call, the call from me. You don't want to be one of those who says, but I did this and that, I did X, Y, Z. Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And the Lord says, depart from me, I never knew you. That means that there's a purpose that he has for you personally that only he can show you. And he will show it to you through his word. He will show it to you by his spirit. Every day that the Holy Spirit is available for you to call upon is a call that is coming to you. We seek him because he first came to us. But if in his seeking of us, he finds us not seeking him, that is a missed call. That's a decline. Every time the Holy Spirit puts a prompting into your heart or an inclination into your conscience, don't do that. Don't say that. You should say, please forgive me for that. You should go back and repent for that. You should pause and help them with that. You should really go and do that today. If that's really from the Lord and you have that sense within you and you ignore it, that's a missed call. We've all done it. I've missed the calls too. But God's purpose is that we would answer that we would hear, know, and follow through. And God will equip us with that. The body of Christ, every day that you and I connect with fellow believers, that's answering the call of God. Because he said, I give you this command to love one another. And every time we neglect it, that's a missed call. There's so many ways in which you and I can make ourselves available to his purpose for us. This series has been about the broad purpose of God. We have looked at the ways in which God's purpose becomes evident in our world and, and propels his plan through the trajectory of human history. The first thing we talked about was how we all have problems, and problems often tend to distract us, and the enemy uses problems, personal problems, relational problems, financial problems, physical problems of health or mentality, 
social problems, whether it's with your neighbor or with the city hall or with the president or the Congress or with the court. There's all kinds of problems even among countries. And all of these things are things in which the enemy is constantly trying to divide people, destroy purpose, destroy hope, bring death. But God will use our problems if we will answer his call. If we will look for him in the middle of the problems, if we won't give up hope, but instead, if we'll give the problems up to God and look to him for his purpose, he will show us his purpose and he will grant us by his promises the capacity to overcome the problems. Not that there won't be any problems, but that there won't be any problems that you can't overcome in his purpose. Hello, that's Romans 8. That's what we're getting to in a moment. So that means we have to keep on persisting with perseverance. We cannot give up, but we'll want to give up because the problems will keep coming. And if the enemy sees that the problems that used to trip us up aren't enough anymore, won't he just multiply the problems? But not only that, the enemy knows that even an old thing that you thought you'd left long behind can come back again to trip you up. And maybe nothing is more discouraging than failing again in a way that you thought you had finally gotten the victory over. But don't be discouraged. Because just like Paul talked about last week, we say we're going to set aside every, every error, every sin that so easily ensnares us. We confess it and move on. And get on with the race of reaching for the purpose of the high call and the high prize that God has prepared for those who answer his call. Now, in doing this, there are many things that the scripture describes that are universal. Every believer has a purpose to follow Jesus. That's not unique. Every single one of us, that's our purpose, follow Jesus. Every believer has a call to share Jesus with others, to make disciples of others, to be a mentor to others, to be mentored by others. Every disciple of Jesus is called to be in the word, available to the spirit, giving to the things of God, giving to the needy, giving of time, talent, and treasure to the things that God has called us to do. Every believer is called to live a moral life that is not given over to sexual immorality or to greed or to impropriety in the workplace or the breaking of laws. Every believer is called to be submitted into a body, a local congregation where there is leadership and eldership and where you can serve. These are common. But what about those purposes of God that are unique to you? I want to pause in the middle of the sermon or closer to its end to say the prayer about the remainder of it. And when I do so, I'm going to say, I'm going to skip over the review of previous weeks that I have detailed on the slides because I've essentially just done it verbally. But as usual, these slides and all the previous messages in this series are on our website. You can go to mypcf.org, and on the events page, you can download uh, today's bulletin. You can also download today's teaching slides and previous slides from the series. So you can look at them in more depth and study them uh, on your own. And you'll find in there also some of those other scriptures that I mentioned. They're in the bulletin. Job 42.2. Colossians 1.29, 1 Peter 3.9. Let me say them again. Job 42.2, Colossians 1.29, 1 Peter 3.9. 
These are passages that as you read and reflect on them in the context of today's teaching, you'll get added insight into how God's purposes for you personally relate to the broad purpose of God and his kingdom in our world and the, the ultimate fulfillment of all God's desire and will, which is the best that any human being could hope for. I encourage you to look those up and look at these other slides. But I want to take a moment and just pray with you as we come to talking about how to perceive God's personal plan for me. In the remaining 10 minutes or so of this message, I want to look at Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. It's the tail end of what may be the greatest chapter. It's, it's an arguable point, but it is to me, again, a kind of pinnacle in Romans, and Romans itself is a kind of pinnacle in the scriptures. It is a high point describing how God's love for us and his present indwelling Holy Spirit for as many as would receive him is able to not only intercede for us, but reveal to us God's purpose for us in such a way that we can become, as Paul describes it, more than conquerors, super heroic, not in our strength, but in God's and in his purpose for us, for you, for this very purpose you were made. I want to pray and ask that we would really seek the Lord right now for a personal impression from him as I preach about his personal calling on you. The bell is ringing. Pick up in prayer right now with me and answer. Lord Jesus Christ, we believe that you have a personal purpose for us. We were made to do something in this world that we are uniquely equipped to do. We are like a tool precisely shaped for that call. And yet that tool, it isn't empowered. It isn't prepared. It isn't released and deployed unless it's in your hand, unless it's plugged into you, unless it's primed and, and greased and given the fuel by you. So Lord, we say, we want to know your purpose for us. We may have ideas about what your purpose is for us. If those are things that we have worked through in prayer and with mentoring and through your word and you have spoken to us over time and we have great confidence from you in that, then help refine our understanding of that, Lord, and see the present application how in this year, in 2021, we can advance in that purpose according to your will. If we have ideas, but they're really our own, Lord, help us to release them, not clinging to our dreams and ideas about what we are for at the cost of receiving yours. Some of us, Lord, and I include myself in this mix, over the course of our life, there are times where we specifically resisted what we felt was your call on us because we felt we wanted to do something else. Lord, forgive us for that, release us from that, and reveal to us how nothing will bring us greater joy or fulfillment than knowing your personal purpose for us and desiring to fulfill it. And even though we know that it will also include times of trouble and hardship, we know that you will make us able to overcome. Speak to us today, Lord, about your purpose for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. As I mentioned, I'm skipping over slides that review what we looked at together in previous weeks. You can look at those again on your own. 
But we come to look at this passage in Romans, chapter 8, that is, I'm going to utilize in a, from a particular perspective for a particular focus. When we come to this portion again, in um, a matter of months, I would imagine, in our series, going through the letter to Romans together, you'll find that um, I'll probably make reference to this today's message again. But I'm looking at Romans 8 today from the angle of how it sheds light on perceiving God's personal plan for me. That may not be the primary purpose that Paul is writing about in that chapter, but what he writes certainly speaks to that reality. And that's what I want to share with you in the minutes that are remaining. As I do so, let's believe that God will speak into your heart about some personal things that you can do. So what we're gonna talk about are general principles because I can't tell you what your personal purpose is. That's for God to say. Now, if I know you, if you're a member of our flock, I can help you. And as a pastor, that's what I'm here for. I am here to help you to hear from the Lord, to help discern in the spirit, to help know does this align with the scriptures, etc. But ultimately, you need to hear personally from God, and no one but Jesus Christ himself can give you the precise plan for today and for tomorrow as to what your purpose is in him. But there are certain things that are going to be true about a personal purpose of God for you. And there are certain things that when you know them to be true and you align yourself with that truth, and you focus on how God is speaking through that truth, you become more likely and more available to answer the call, to receive the word, to know the purpose. One thing is, God's purpose for you will be in accord with the will of God. Well, as we used to say when I was a kid growing up, no duh, right? That's no surprise. But it's really important because it's very easy for us to find a purpose that we like. And your purpose is something that will energize you. It is something that will motivate you. It's probably something also, though, that will scare you. It's probably something also that you'll say, I don't think I'm up to that. It should be, because God sets us on purposes that they are beyond what we could do. If we could do it on our own, we wouldn't need him. And part of his purpose for us, in fact, the entirety of his purpose for us, is that we would know him and rely on him. So it's got to be aligned with the will of God, which means that it is not going to be contradictory to the purpose of Christ, to the gospel message, to living a godly life. It will be in accord with God's will for people. It will be in accord with God's word to people. It will align with the scriptures and it will align with the best of the scriptures. That is to say, don't say, well, God's purpose for me is just to be a Saul, a King Saul. Remember King Saul of the Old Testament? He was crowned king of Israel and anointed by God and by God's Holy Spirit. But later, Saul took it upon himself to start doing things that weren't part of God's purpose for him. He thought they seemed good. The, the prophet, the priest, Samuel, hadn't arrived yet. So Saul said, I will offer the sacrifice. But in doing so, it wasn't so much the legality of it that offended God, I would suggest, but rather the intention of it, which was Saul saying, I'll take into my own hands how to do this. And that always bodes poorly 
for God's people. Remember when Abraham and Sarah decided that God's promise of a child to them could only be fulfilled by a different woman. And so Sarah said, Abraham, take my maid, sleep with her and have a child with her instead. There was a child born, but that child became a trouble to the house of Abraham and a trouble down the generations, even though God brought favor to that child because God favored Abraham. But God said, that wasn't my plan. My plan was to give a miracle through Sarah. In the same way, Saul trying to take things into his own hand, God said, that wasn't my plan. And he ripped the kingdom away from Saul. Now that's in the Bible, but it's not there so that you and I would say, well, that must be who I'm supposed to be. And sometimes people will act like God has just cursed them or they're just doomed. And it's a way of kind of taking off responsibility. God's purpose is not for you to fail. Say this after me. Repeat this after me. God's purpose for me is not failure. God's purpose for me is not failure. Now, when I say not failure, what I mean is not failure of your biblical destiny, not failure of the will of God. How about Joseph that we're going to hear about next week from Pastor Ron? He was following God, and his brothers sold him into slavery. He went into prison for a crime he didn't commit, attempted rape, which he did not attempt. It was a lie and a fraud, and he spent years like that. Was that a failure? No, because what those people meant for evil, God turned to good. Romans 8, God will work all things together for good. So you and I can trust that what God calls us to do will be noble and righteous and biblical and Christ-like. Your personal call leads you to be more like Jesus, not less. If you feel that your call, whether it's a career or whether it's a, 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 a marriage partner or whether it's a lifestyle, or a political affiliation, or an ideology, it will not lead you away from Jesus. It will lead you closer to Christ. You're to be conformed to the person and purpose of Jesus. But here's the good news. If all the rest is the bulk of the cake, here's some icing. Too much of it and it ruins the cake, but a little is sweet to the soul. Your call is divinely designed and delightfully aligned to your God-given gifts and dreams. Your call, God's purpose for you, will fulfill your innermost desires. Now, I want to hasten to say, it may do so in ways you didn't expect. 30 years ago, I didn't expect to be here. And I don't know that I would have said that it was been delightfully aligned to my dreams to be standing here. But I can tell you right now today, there is no place I'd rather be than in the pulpit of PCF. But that's only because it's God's purpose for me in this time. It isn't easy. And not every day do I say, yay, yay, yay. But I am learning more and more every day to pray, 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 and to say to God, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm grateful for your call. His call will lead you into tough things and tough times, and there will be challenges, and there will be problems, but the problems will help refine you in his purpose, and as you hear his promise in the problem, you will persevere, and you'll know yourself better and your purpose in life better when you come to know him. Now, 
I just need a few more minutes. Will you stick with me? I can't stop you if you're going to click off. If you're watching a recording, you can always pause and take a bathroom break. But I hope you'll stick with me just a few more minutes. In, in 10 more minutes, I can conclude the message, all right? I want to talk just a little bit about each of these points in the context of Romans 8 that we're going to look at. Here, Paul is talking about how the Spirit is here to help us. So our call is according to the will of God. Our purpose is God's purpose, but how can we know it? We're too weak to really properly perceive and effectively carry out God's purpose. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, helps us in our weakness. We don't even know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit himself is interceding for us with wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. That is, God is searching our heart by the Spirit. That's the incoming call, right? And that Spirit knows the mind of God, the Father, because that Spirit is God, the Spirit. And God the Father knows the mind of the Spirit because God the Father is God and the Spirit are God and there is only one God. And so the Spirit intercedes for us in accordance with the will of God. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you cannot be assured that you have that benefit. Now God is reaching out to you, the Holy Spirit is reaching out to you, but don't you want the Holy Spirit reaching into you? Don't you want the Holy Spirit praying within you, not just for you, but as you, through you? You do. Believe me, the comforter, the helper, is the one who will help you every day, but especially when the days are dark and the way is bleak and you don't know which way to turn when the road forks, when someone you love dies, when a job you need is lost, when an election you were passionate about is lost, or when a leader that you love fails, or when there is a time when suddenly a deeply held belief is shaken, a relationship that you thought was permanent is divided. You need the Holy Spirit in those times. We need him every day. But in those times, if you've been walking with him, you'll have the benefit of his indwelling intercession so that the purpose of God can be known to you. Say this phrase, it's there in white italics. I need the Holy Spirit's intercession. So that means I need to be available. First of all, I need to give my life to Jesus. If I haven't done that, I'm missing the call. But if I say, all right, my life belongs to you, Jesus, then Jesus says, my spirit is yours. But that spirit is going to come in and move in. And he's not just there to be a roommate. He's there to be Lord and master. So be flexible and willing to change. Be praying all the time. Pray without ceasing. Pray in the spirit. Pray with the understanding. And listen. Take time every day to listen in your heart, in your mind, through the word. Trust God is going to ask you to do things that are hard. You're going to be scared. You're going to feel like, I don't know if you're really going to do this. That's where faith comes in. Be excited about the opportunity to trust. I know it's hard to be. The Spirit will be. Let Him intercede for you with that spirit of enthusiasm. Be ready to follow. If you don't obey, you're missing the call. So look for God's guidance. Ask for God's help in the Spirit. And then follow that purpose. Follow it in a way that fulfills the scriptures. We know that in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him 
and who have been called according to his purpose. For those whom God foreknew, that is, God looked and saw, who's going to receive my call? And God already knew. There's people that are going to receive it, and there's people that aren't. That's not God making the decision. That's God simply knowing what God alone can know, because he sees the end from the beginning. But when he sees someone ready to receive the call, he strengthens that connection. And he says, you are destined from beginning to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. That Jesus might be the firstborn among many of the Mangakapatid brothers and sisters in the body. And when he said, I will conform you to that, he placed the call. And when he placed that call, he enabled you to receive it. He justified you by the blood of Christ shed on the cross. And when he justified you, he said, I am glorifying you. That means the glory that I have, I'm giving to you. The sin you had, I'm taking on myself. The righteousness that I have will be yours. My perfection will be perfected in you. Your weakness will become the stage for my strength. And my grace will be sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's out of, of course, Corinthians. If God is for us, then who can be against us? God is for us. And if you need to know that, read the word. And in the midst of your problems, find his promises. When you know the word and you hide it in your heart, you have a help that will not flee and depart. When you are meditating on a day and night, praying the word, speaking the word, sharing the word, studying the word, PSOM, studying the word, cell groups, studying the word on your own, studying the word in service, then you will know and flow in the scriptures and in the spirit who wrote them. Because that interceding Holy Spirit that is in you when you follow Jesus and receive him, he's also the one who inspired this word and will help you interpret it. And that will enable you to know and proclaim and trust in God's promises so that when God is calling you to those purposes and you do feel scared or you do feel discouraged or you feel like a failure, you can speak the word and declare it over yourself and over God's purpose for you, then God's word and God's will are aligned in God's person and his purpose will be fulfilled. You and I need to apply God's principles personally. It's not enough for us to know them and look at other people's lives. We need to look at ourselves, look within, and consistently and persistently apply them. When we do so, God is at work through his word, by his spirit, and even through our discipleship, although the power is God's, to conform us to Christ, to make us like Christ. I love to watch those shows, how it's made and stuff like that, you know? I saw one on bowling balls the other day. Boy, that was fascinating. I never really thought about how a bowling ball was made. It was quite something. And you know what they do? They, pull, they pour all kinds of minerals and resin composite mixtures into these molds that conform that material to the shape. And it uses pressure, air expanding in some cases. It uses heat to bake things in and chemical reactions and catalysts. Well, Christ is a catalytic agent in our lives and he is conforming us to the shape and the mold of who he is. And then what happens? Things get cut, things get sanded down, things get washed away so that only what fits and conforms to that likeness is what remains. Now, the thing about Jesus Christ is you and I are going to be like him and yet we are also going to be ourselves in him. Your real you 
who you are really meant to be is meant to be like Christ. And you'll never be able to know yourself without knowing him. The good thing is, he came to us so that we could be known. God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. If God has done that, has paid the greatest price, how will he not also then, along with him, give us everything that we need? And who is it that's going to bring a charge against us as we are following God's purpose as God has made it known to us through his word, by his spirit, and through his son, our savior? Who, the devil, the enemy, people in this world? People gonna cancel you on, on Twitter or whatever? Who cares? If God is for you, who can be against you? It's God who justifies, so who can condemn? The only one that has the right to condemn is God himself. Christ Jesus came to save us, not to condemn us. And he was raised to life and is standing at the right hand of God. In other words, he is empowered as God. And he also is interceding for us. So you have the spirit of Christ interceding within you and you have the savior Christ interceding on the throne of God. So who's gonna separate us from that Christ and from his love? Will problems, you see it comes back full circle, right? Our trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness, want, lack of resource, danger or the sword. As it's written, for your sake, we face these things. In fact, because we are your people following your purpose, here again, Paul is writing to the people in Rome who face their very lives. They're in an era where persecution against Christians could bring death. And you and I need to recognize that era continues on this earth. There are Christians all over the world that face that. And you and I might someday have to face that. We certainly have to face the reality of rejection, perhaps lost jobs or lost favor. And so for your sake, Lord, we're following your purpose. We're being rejected. We're being killed. But in all these things, says Paul by the Spirit, we still overcome and are more than conquerors by him who loved us. The call to be Christ-like means you should expect Christ-like opposition. Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. They lied about me, they're going to lie about you. They tried to twist my words, they'll try and twist your words. They rejected me, they'll reject you. They rejected my message, they'll reject my message when you give it. But there were also those who believed, who received, who were healed, who were freed. And you also, the works that I do, says Jesus, you also will do them. You'll do them in the midst of the problems. So you can expect resistance, rejection, persecution, but you can also count on this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Behold, says Jesus, I am with you always. Christ will not forsake you. Even if everyone forsakes you, Jesus will not leave your side if you are purposed for your purpose in God. But remember, it's not my way, but his. Remember what we looked at in the first of this message? Jesus saying, I'm facing something that makes my heart tremble. But what should I say? Deliver me out of this God? No, for this very purpose I came. You and I are constantly challenged to remember that our purpose is in God, but it probably looks different than what we might design. Nevertheless, it is designed. It is designed by him. And it's designed according to his love. This is the conclusion. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, not this present moment, not whatever is to come, 
nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, in all the expanse of the universe, visible and invisible, in the spirit realm, in the natural realm, on the earth, beneath the earth, around the earth, whatever far quadrant of creation may exist, there is nothing that even can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not even death. The Song of Songs describes love stronger than death. And that is the love of Christ for you. He died for you and rose again and lives forevermore and says, if you will be purposed in me, and let go of your own desires and designs and let me show you my plan and purpose for you and belong to me and trust in me and follow me, then even if you die, you will still live because my love lives forever. Now, you have a purpose from God that you know in your heart. It does connect to things God has spoken to you, things that you love, things that you aspire to, things that you can see would genuinely help others. Maybe it's creative. Maybe you desire to write or to act or to dance or to sing. Maybe you desire to innovate, to create that technology, that invention or device that will revolutionize the world and improve it for people. Maybe you're someone who is an entrepreneur and God has given you the vision on how to initiate things that create resource and build capital and create jobs and give people vision. Maybe God's called you to be a pastor, a preacher, a missionary. Maybe God's called you to be a worship leader. Maybe God has called you into the medical profession because you have a desire to help people overcome the challenges of physical illness and malady or the helping professions like counseling or therapy. Or it could be that you have a passion for the law or you want to teach or whatever it is. Maybe your greatest desire is to be a parent. You want to be a mother and have children or you want to be the best father. Or maybe your desire is that you want to have a relationship in marriage where you give yourself to that person and become the greatest support to them, but it aligns with your dreams and yet also with God's plans. But be careful. Not everything that you and I think is of God is always of God. The timing of God is often different. And sometimes there are things that come about in ways that we would have never thought. If God gives the dream... God will fulfill the dream. And if the dream isn't fulfilled, God didn't give it, and therefore you don't need it. But if God gave it, no matter how long you wait, no matter how hard the hill, no matter how high the climb, God will see you to the top. God will give you the victory. God will fulfill his purpose in you. No challenge or obstacle can hinder his purpose for me. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Lord, we were reminded this morning that you have a personal purpose for us and it has a present application and it has a future motivation 
and it has a lifelong meaning. But we aren't able, Lord, to understand it on our own. And we certainly aren't able to fulfill it on our own. So we ask, Lord, that you would give us the revelation today and each day and the persistence and the faithfulness to go forward. As a body of believers here at PCF, we ask that you would give us understanding about our personal call as a local church, a community of people that has a unique call as Praise Christian Fellowship LA, a unique position, a unique set of gifts. Help us in this season and in the years ahead, Lord, should you allow us to know better our PCF purpose in you and to fulfill it. And Lord, for any today who haven't made the decision to give themselves to you, I wanna partner in prayer with them right now. Friend, if that's you, just join me. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus Christ, repeat these words. Lord Jesus Christ, I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I believe you have a purpose for me. I believe it is good. I know you are good. I know I've been wrong. I have sinned. Forgive me of my sins. Show me your will. Teach me your word. Connect me to your body. And lead me in my purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.